You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. Thank you, guys. And um, Day 3, we uh, have a guest pastor with us this morning, Mr. James Wilfong from the uh, West End Mennonite Brethren Church. And so I'd like for you guys to give him a warm day three welcome this morning as he comes to preach, bring the Lord's word to us. Um, Brother, I was blessed in the first service, and uh, we're so glad you're here this morning. And um, your love for the Lord really comes through, and we appreciate that. Just uh, speak to us from your heart and let the Spirit lead you, okay? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Can we give God some praise? Come on, you can do better than that. Do you love him? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. First of all, I do want to give honor to God, to my personal Savior, Jesus Christ, and to the Holy Spirit that dwells within me. I thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to come and share with you what the Lord has done for me. Let me tell you a story about this guy that was... Um, he was on his way to Morganton, and he, and he had a flat tire near Morganton. And it was pouring down raining, and, and at the fence where he had a flat tire, this other guy on the other side of the fence at Broughton Hospital, you know, they say they're crazy. And uh, as he was changing his tires, and it was pouring down raining, and he had his five nuts, and, and, he, and he drops them in the water. And he reached down to try to find them, and never could find them. And, and the guy on the other side of the fence said, uh, I can tell you what to do. I don't want to hear what you got to say. You crazy. I don't want to hear you. you. You crazy. That's why you over in Broughton. He said, let me suggest to you to take one nut from each wheel and put it on that one wheel. And the guy looked at him and said, that's a good idea. So the guy that was behind the fence that was in Broughton, he said, I might be crazy, but I ain't stupid. Some of you got it and some of you didn't. <laughs> Amen. Father, I want to thank you that you've given me this time to, to come and to share with my brothers and sisters how good you are. You are an awesome God. You are a merciful God. You are a loving God. You are a kind God. And God, I want to say thank you that you allow me to have this space. God, I'm not supposed to be here. The devil tried to kill me twice, but God, you saved me on both occasions. Didn't know it was you, but it was you for this reason, that you saved me to be in a place such as this at day three. Now, God, I ask you to allow me to decrease, that you must increase, Father God. Lord, don't let them see me, but let them see you, Father God, because it's not about James Wilfong. It's about you and what you've done some 2,000 years ago to give me this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters how real you are. And God, I want to say thank you for choosing me in such a time as this. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. I wish I had somebody to help me say amen. amen. I'm Pastor James Wilfong. I am the pastor of the West End Mennonite Brethren Church. I've been pastoring there for the last 10 years of my life. Before I became pastor, I want you to understand that I have not always been the person 
that I betray to you on this day. Uh, I have had problems. I have ups and downs. But I want you to know, after you hear what thus said the Lord, what the God has done for me, and the God that you serve every Sunday should be seven days a week, he's an awesome God. I want to read to you in your hearing scripture, this is my life. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not frustrated the grace of God for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. This is my testimony. I shared this morning with the first group, and I'd like to share it with y'all. At the age of nine, I was molested as a little boy. It was my mother's nephew who molested me over a period of time. As I got older in life, I resentment, I wanted to kill him. He walks the street. I, want, I wanted to kill him for what he'd done to me as a little boy. And sometimes my mind go, wow, you know, just, just crazy. But I know God is a good God. After molestation told me at the age of nine, at the age of 13, my mother shot and killed my father on the front porch of our house. She shot him five times as in 1976, right after Christmas, my father was killed by my mother. Then after that period of time, I found myself lonely with no one, no one to care for me. And no, I wanted to say to the parents, to your children, I never had an opportunity to hear my mother tell me, or my father tell me, he loves me. Never had an opportunity for my daddy to come see his son play basketball when I scored 34 points. No one there to say, that's my boy, that's my son. No one there to help me when I was younger. Make sure you spend time with your children. Let me say that again. Make sure you spend time with your children. Encourage your children. Help them on this journey. No one encouraged me. Nobody told me that I was good enough to do this and that. But I found myself at the age of 13 after my mother killed my father. I began to smoke pot. After smoking pot, I began to drink a little beer. And drinking a little beer, I began to drink wine and liquor. But at the age of 17, I found myself at the bottom of the barrel, did not want to live no more, had no desire to live. Nobody cares about me. Nobody tell me they love me. My mama went to prison. I went to prison. I've been in and out of jail, in and out of prison. Nobody told me they love me. But at the age of 17, I tried to kill myself. I tried to commit suicide. Had no reason to live. 
didn't want to live no more. Nobody encouraged me. Nobody told me I was this or that. I wanted to kill myself, and so I tried to kill myself. Whole bottle of pills. Took every one of them. 25 pills, whatever was in the bottle, 30. And I was walking. And the ambulance picked me up. Because somebody said, you took an overdose. And when they got me to the hospital, they got me in the hospital just in time because I was leaving here. And they pumped my stomach. Got all that medicine out of me. But I'm saying this to say that I had no reason to live. Didn't have nobody. Nobody cared about me. Nobody loved me. But at the age of 17, I tried to commit suicide. Didn't, after that didn't work, I got worse. At the, at the age of 20, I went to prison. I got out of prison. I, it didn't do no good. I, I, I got worse. I went back to prison, back to jail. I've been in Broughton Hospital. I've been in Dorothy Dicks. These uh, people are crazy. I mean, walking in the wall, football helmet on. I thought I was crazy. But I went to Broughton. As I told the first girl, I went to Broughton. I see these people. I said, man, I can't be crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just stupid. I called Mama crying. Mama, please come and get me out of this place. I said, I'm going to straighten up. But guess what? I didn't straighten up. I got worse. I got worse than the first time. I caught 14 years in prison. I done five years in prison. Thought when I got out in 91 that I would be better. I said, I got a plan. And my plan went. When I got out, I got back to smoking pot. Got back to uh, uh, drinking. And I was introduced to crack cocaine. One time, let me tell you, I tried it just one time, and I was hooked for the next six years of my life. If some of you don't know what that is, it's when you smoke pot and you get them I mean, cracked. And this is the way I used to look. There's got to be a better life. I was an alcoholic for 18 years. Every morning I woke up, I had to have a drink. It's got to be a better life. Surely God didn't create me to get drunk and get high and go to jail and go to Broughton and to Dr. Dix and do crazy stuff. Surely I wasn't born to do this crazy stuff. I wanted to change. I want to be different. I don't want this kind of life no more. 17 years later, age 34, I was sick of life. Never heard my mama say, son, I love you. I'm proud of you, son. Never had an opportunity to hear my mama say she loved me. Parents, make sure you tell your children you love them. You're proud of them. Because at the age of 34, 17 years later, I was going to end it all for sure. I took a 45 Magnum, put it to my brain just like this, and pulled the trigger. It would not shoot. I pulled and pulled the trigger and pulled the trigger because I wanted to escape this kind of life that I was living. I was tired of being on drugs. I'm tired of living like this. I want to escape this kind of life. 
find out the next day, the reason the gun wouldn't shoot because on this type of 45, you had to click the hammer back and then shoot. But God had a plan. I'm that reason in that plan. That's why I can stand here at day three because God had a plan. God seen me before I was even born standing in this place sharing with y'all my testimony how good God is. God, thank you. After that incident, trying to commit suicide, and it didn't work, and, and I didn't get no better, and somebody told me, they said, Jesus loves you. You mean to tell me Jesus loves me? I've been in, dick, uh, in prison. I've been in jail. I've been in Broughton Hospital. I've been in Dr. Dix. I've done all these crazy stuff. You mean to tell me that Jesus loves me? No way. How can he love a low-down, dirty dog as I was? How can he love somebody like me? Well, According to the word of God of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me You mean to tell me that this man called Jesus, who they hung on the cross and put nails in his hand, and they spit in his face, and they pulled his beard out, and they whipped him with the cattail and brought blood out of his back and skin and all, nailed his feet to the cross. You mean to tell me he done that for me? When they spit in his face, he was thinking about me? When they mocked him, he was thinking about me. He loves me that much. I want this man called Jesus who can change the leper's spots. I found myself one night at my bedside. I said, God, I've been bad all my life. Somebody told me that you love me and that you want to change me, God. And God, I don't really know how to say it, but God, I, I'm sorry. I want to change. I want you to come in my heart. I, I, I want to change. And, and God, you, you, you know my story. You know what I've been through, God. And God, would you? Will you come and, and, and rescue me and save me from my sin? I confess I messed up. I, I've been bad all my life, God. But if you if you listen to me, I want you to save me. I want you to come down and rescue me. I invite you into my heart. Wait a minute. Oh, man. I got up from that one-bedroom apartment. 
something happened. Jesus came in. He changed my heart. He changed my mind. I went back to work. In 1997, May the 14th, it was two days later, people looked at me and said, James, what happened? I just took a couple of days off of work. No, something happened to you. What do you mean? There's a glow about you. You look different. I said, I met Jesus. I began to cry like I'm doing now. I met Jesus. Jesus changed my heart. Jesus changed my life. I'm not the same person. Because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I was a new person. I'm excited. For the first time in my life, I can smile. I can laugh. Because something happened to me. I wasn't the same person. I didn't share this with the first group, but I'm going to share it with y'all. Anytime you work in an environment, if you get caught and you get a drug test and they find you got drugs in your system, they will let you go. And I knew I had all kind of drugs in my system. So I volunteer to check in to, to let the people in my job know that I had a drug problem. But I didn't tell them that Jesus had delivered me, so... When I went to see this woman, I'm not going to get the word right. She had me to sit down in the chair, relax. And I think at that time in, in 1997, I think she was getting $75 an hour. What do you call them people? Psychologist? How you say it? Yeah, and she had me sitting there and talking. Oh, Mr. Wilfong, how you feel? I said, I feel good. She said, I want to ask you a question. I hear people coming here like you and said they offer drugs and, and, and they're not going to do drugs, but them same people come back and say I had a, a drug relapse. They go right back doing the same old thing. What make you sure that you're not going to have a drug relapse? I took it to the word of God. I've been reading the Bible since I get saved. When I got saved, I started reading. I think it's John 8, 32, somewhere in there where it talks about he said, if I make you free, you're free indeed. That's what I told I said, now the Bible say, I'm free, and I, he made me free, and I'm free indeed. I'm not going back to drugs. She said, are you sure? I said, according to the word of God, if I'm going to believe it, if he can save me, if he can deliver me off of drugs, if he can deliver me from being an alcohol for 18 years, surely to goodness, God can keep me off of it. He said, I'm free. For what, the last 97, last 15 years of August, I'll be calling her and telling Amy, Amy, I'm still free. I'm still free. <laughs> what bothers me is this, church folks. You know what they said about me? 
He ain't going to make it. We give him 90 days. He'd be right back doing the same old thing. One of them said, let's just give him six months. But you know what they should have been doing? Lord, that James Wilfong was something. But he got saved. We're gonna, I want to pray for him for the next 90 days, next six months. God, you keep this young man because he was bad. That's why he prayed. He was bad. But God, I'm going to trust you to keep him. And he has kept me. And I have not looked back. Let me tell you how I knew. How I knew I was saved. It was no doubt in my mind that I was saved. I done the unthinkable. I went to the police department. And I want to see the chief. I said, my name, we know who you are. I said, I want to see, what you want with the chief? I said, I just want to talk to him. Well, sit down. I mean, they was awful rude towards me because they knew who I used to be. They, they, they looked at the old person. They didn't see the new person. They didn't know what I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He came and changed my life. Captain came out. I said, Captain James Wilfong would even shake my hand. He said, what you want? I said, can I talk to you just a minute? He said, well, come on back here. We get back in his office. I said, Captain, I want to apologize. You see, I was facing 345 years in prison. And I was guilty. I said, Captain, I want to apologize for all the things that I've done here in Conway County. I'm asking you to forgive me. He said, what you say? I said, I'm sorry. I come by to tell you that I'm sorry. I want you to forgive me. The police department, those in charge over me, I want y'all to forgive me. He looked at me. The same man who would not shake my hand looked at me with tears in his eyes. He said, it's the first time in 30 years of law enforcement that I ever seen a man come back and apologize. what he done before I could get my hand out his hand was out he knew something happened and I knew something happened because what I was doing was saying everything y'all said about me I am guilty and I could have went back to prison for the rest of my life but something happened to me God changed my heart that's why I could go back and say what I had to say. I felt relieved because God had done something new in my life. I wasn't the same old person anymore. I was a new person. I didn't want drugs no more. I didn't want to get high no more. I didn't want to uh, drink no more, do cocaine. I, I, something happened. After shaking my hand, I left out. And God said to me, 
I want you to go out into the highways and byways and carrot sign, tell people what I can do. And I said, God, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to be real with you. I said, God, I really don't want to do that because if I do it, people are going to say, he is crazy for real. <laughs> then he reminded me in his word because I said, God, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to try to run over me. They're going to try to kill me. They're going to cuss me and all this stuff. But he said, the word said, re remember, before they persecuted you, they persecuted me. When I got that scripture and it got in my spirit, I was on the street corner holding signs. Four years ago, I was down here in Hudson, North Carolina. A man threatened to kill me. By Wendy's, I was standing there and he was at the stoplight. He said, hey, boy, someone will kill you. He said, boy, you hear me talking to you, boy? He said, I'm going to kill you right now, boy. He said, hey, boy, you hear me? And I'm standing out with the sign, and the sign said, Jesus paid it all. He reached down on the passenger side to get whatever he was going to do, a gun, whatever. And when he reached down to get whatever he was going to get, since I read the word of God, I found out the Bible said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See, only thing he done was threaten me with heaven. Because when he came back up, y'all can believe it or not, I was like this. <laughs> and man, you ought to hit, I mean, he had four bars on that drill. Boop, 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 boop. I bet they say, that man crazy. But I'm crazy for Jesus. I'm excited about what he's done for me. <laughs> See, everybody don't understand where I come from and what I've been through and the pain, the hurt that I had to see. Watching my daddy die, looking at him on the, on the table with five bullets in him, and the doctor said, we can't do no more for it. And he died. God's been good to me, and I didn't know it at the time. But God has truly been good to me, and guess what? He's been good to you. Some of you didn't have to go through drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. God said, we all have sin and come short of the glory of God. You might have not done drugs, but you've been, you're a sinner. And I met this wonderful lady. And I stand on the corner of Smith Crossroads and hot, cold, whatever, because God's been good to me. I can't help it, y'all. I can't help but stand down and tell people, Jesus loves you. This lady used to come by Saturday after Saturday. Whenever she see me, she said, Lord, I want to pray for that man. I said, she said, his wife, I know she having a time. That man said, he's, got, he's crazy. Standing on the street corner holding signs, telling people about Jesus. He need to be home with his wife and with his children, up here standing on the street corner. God, I'm going to pray for him. 
Can I tell y'all a little secret? That same woman who said I was crazy and prayed for me and prayed for his children, that's the same woman I married. <laughs> and we got two beautiful kids together. Be careful what you say about God's people. What amazes me is this. I go back to the jailhouses and the prisons. I even go down to the crack alley. And I take a rock with me. But it's a different rock. I tell them boys and drug dealers, I was used to be you. I used to sell drugs before I became my best customer. I said, but I got a real rock for you. It's a high you don't have to worry about chasing. This high will keep you high. I've been high for the last 14 years on Jesus. Y'all didn't hear me? I'm not worried about nothing. Yeah, we, I have a bad time, but Jesus is going to take care of it. He said, I'll never leave you. He said, I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you to the end. He can't lie. And I tell him, God, here's the real rock. Well, we know you. We know you used to be a drug dealer, you don't crack cocaine, but Jesus changed me. He can do the same thing for you. Some of the same guy is going to church. Some of them got saved. Some of them's a deacon. Because I, I tell you this, when God called me to pastor a church, my reaction was, God, ain't nobody going to listen to me. Everybody know my story, God. They know I've been in Broughton Hospital. I've been in Dorothy Dix. I was an alcoholic for 18 years. I tried to commit suicide twice. Ain't nobody going to listen to me, God. God said, I want you to preach. I want you to pastor the church. I got to the church, and maybe it was 30 people there, 30, 35 people. I began to tell people how good God is, begin to preach and share what God has done and the church had grown up to about 170 people of service. And I take no credit for that. I ain't done nothing. I give God the glory and the praise for it. I'm the same guy. I'm the same guy that was on drugs. I'm the same guy who tried to commit suicide twice. But Jesus came along and saved me from all the miserable and called me to preach. Can God do that? Yeah, he's God. He made a star. He made a sun. He made you and me. God can do anything he want to do. Because he's God. People look at me and say, boy, I can't believe it. God can save you. He can save anybody. See, when I was going through school, my name used to be Tony Tate. One guy in the first audience said, I remember you. We went to high school together, but your name wasn't James Wilfong, it was Tony Tate. My daddy that was killed was not, was not my real daddy. That's the only daddy I know. Their plan was to change it on my birth certificate to Tony Tate, James Tate. But she killed him before that happened. I think sometimes it reminds me of Saul. How God took Saul and changed his name to Paul and caused Paul to write two-thirds of the New Testament. God can use anybody he want to use. 
If he can make a, a, a donkey talk, y'all didn't hear me. Y'all know that, don't you? It's in the Bible. It talked like a man. If God can do it, he can save anybody like me. After I began to pastor the church and everything's going good, I said, God, I, I thank you, God. I said, God, I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm just so, see, I'm excited about life now. I am, they said there's six billion people on earth. I am one of the happiest person in the world. Hello? Somebody, are you happy? It's time to be enjoying life. For the last two weeks, my aunt died on a Friday. The next Friday, my uncle died. That next Friday, we just buried him on Friday. We all are going to die. But I'm ready. You remember the game we used to play when, when we was kids? Hide and go see. Ready or not, here I come. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Here I come. Jesus is coming back. And you better be ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go with it. And I hope you're ready. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then the light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. No, little. Have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer with turning, then you, I know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Let's give God some praise right there. Do you know anybody that's on drugs? If you do, you ought to come and stand for them. You know anybody that's on drugs? You know anybody that's selling drugs? We need to pray for them. Because God can use them. You know anybody that's lost, that needs Jesus Christ, you ought to come to this altar and stand in the gap for them. You might have a family member might be on drugs. You might know somebody that's on drugs. Might be in your own family. God can save them people. He's done it for me. He can do it for you. He can do it for them. I believe that somebody here got to know somebody that's on drugs or selling drugs that somebody that's lost. Everybody you know saved? Well, come on. Let's pray. And expect a miracle. And pray from your heart to God to move on their life and their situation.
I'm going to pray this prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost that he move in a powerful way. Y'all pray with me. Father, 14 years ago, you came by to see about me. God, I was on my way to hell. Destitute God on drugs and alcohol. But somebody told me you love me. God, there might be somebody on this altar that have a loved one that's on drugs, that's selling drugs, that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. God, I just ask you to come down and see about us, God. We've been praying and we've been crying and we've been doing all these things. Lord, it doesn't seem like nothing works. You said, knock, and it shall be open. Call, and you shall answer, God. And we're going to do all that, God. You said, ask, and it shall be given. God, there might be somebody on this altar that don't know you as that person to save. God, I just ask you to touch them, God. And once again, Father, I want to thank you that you have kept me for the last 14 years of my life. I never thought that I would be in a place such as this, God. After trying to commit suicide twice, you had a plan. You told Jeremiah, you got a plan. And God, I'm glad that I was part of your plan. <laughs> and I want to say thank you, God, for each person on the sound of my voice. I just ask you to touch him, God, like nobody else can. You can do the impossible. As I pray, God, I see that woman who had the issue of blood. She spent all that she had because she had no more all the doctors. And she said one thing, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And when she touched you, God, you said, somebody touched me. And the woman said it was me. And she was healed on that day when she touched Jesus. Somebody just need to touch you this morning, Lord. Somebody need a healing in that body. Somebody might have cancer, and the doctor don't say there's no use. But God, I believe that your son Jesus, because you said by his stripes we are healed. And I confess it now to you, God, to be with, with us, God. I'm praying for a radical change in somebody's life. I believe this week somebody's life is going to be changed. I mean, God, I believe somebody's life is going to be changed. And they're going to say, wow. Wow. Only thing they can say, wow. God is good. Lord, once again, I thank you for day three. Thank you for Pastor Lynn, Lord, for allowing me to come. And as he at my church, breaking the bread of life, God, I ask you to bless him, his family, his mother, Lord. Bless this church, Father God. You've done a wonderful work, God. We're going to go ahead and tell you thank you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Can we give God some praise, some love right here? Let's just love him right now where we at. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 It's going to um, lead us in a song of reflection and, and um, 
just want to invite you, if you want to continue the uh, prayer, if the Lord's doing something in your heart or He's got somebody on your heart, just continue to be in a prayer for place and, and uh, let's worship Him together, okay? You are listening to Sermon Audio from Basin Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at dayfreechurch.com. And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.